Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey there, buddy. What are you doing? What's up there, brother? Nah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, how's everybody doing out there in uh, Internet Radio Land? Uh, you know, I hope everybody had an outstanding weekend, um, you know, post-Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it's kind of crazy that uh, I can't believe this. Like, why wasn't this weekend Memorial Day? But I guess it's because Monday was the first of June or something. It was just very odd. It seemed like Memorial Day weekend was really early this year. And then you realize that we have like five or six weeks till the 4th of July. It's just very odd. Well, and and not to mention the fact that it's June. Right. Yeah. It's it's the sixth month of the year already. Yes. I that, you know, it is kind of funny that you mentioned that because uh, I was I was uh I was in the in, in my Jeep and I was driving somewhere and uh, there's, there's a guy who has a radio show here in New England. This guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. His name's Howie Carr. Yeah. And uh, and he's he used to be when I lived in Boston years ago, he was just purely, you know, Boston radio. But now he's sort of expanded out and he's got affiliates all over the place. Um and he's got this this female who's on his show. She's sort of one of his assistants or whatever. And uh, it was funny. This was like last week or the week before, or whatever. She's like, "What day is it again? I don't know what day it is. What is it? March the eighty eighth? <laughs> that was like that's so appropriate. You know what I'm saying? Because that's for a long time. That's really how it felt. Like the whole month of March and April, beginning of May, middle of May." was like, oh, my God, this feels like it's just one long month. Um, here, it's very strange because I know I've me- I mentioned it in the past couple of weeks. I mean, the weather here up north has been gorgeous the past couple of weeks. And, man, was the month of April tough. It really, I, I, you know, I said to Jennifer at one point, I said to Wally, I was like, you know what, man? That old adage about like April showers bring May flowers is reality. Because the <laughs> it weather snowed, it did. <laughs> I, it, it was like, but it was it was cold, but it was it rained and snowed a lot. Um, and it was just like, oh my god! So like she was you know, her working whatever. She was like, every time I have a day off, it's raining. Like I, every time I'm working, the sun's out, and then I have a day off, and the weather's terrible. But then in the past couple of weeks, man, it has been absolutely beautiful. I think last week the temperatures here were, you know, low mid 70s every day. The sun was out. Um, the, the, the evenings get a little chilly here, you know. Um, but this week, not, not as warm this week, but I think that the weather's still supposed to be pretty nice. It's just when it's interesting living where we live here because it's like spring is like two weeks long. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It feels like spring is literally like maybe a month tops. It goes from, oh my God, it's cold and it's, you know, it's snowing. Uh, you know, high temperatures are going to be in the low to mid 40s to all of a sudden within the course of three weeks, boom, the temperatures are in the 70s and all the trees. I mean, I remember just a couple of weeks ago saying to Jennifer saying, 
damn, these trees around here, they're starting to bud. I'm telling you, it's only going to be a couple. By the end of the month, everything's going to be in full bloom. And bam, here we are. It's the, you know, beginning of June. I'm driving around, and every tree here is in full leaf. I'm like, damn, dude, what happened to spring? (laughs) It's just, it's nutty. It is nutty. But I'm thankful for it because, you know, I, I know, I know, okay, you live up Maine. In oh, September, in September, it's going to start snowing. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, the weird thing is here is that, to be honest, here the way, it, it doesn't, it'll start getting cold. Uh, probably about the uh, end of, middle to end of uh, September, probably end of September. It'll start getting cool here. And by the middle of October, what is that, Columbus Day weekend? You'll feel, I mean, by that point, you drive around and all the leaves are in full foliage um, and you really get autumn here, which I love. It's my, that's my favorite season of the year, especially living in New England. Um, But summer, obviously, I mean, summer is, you know, we were talking with, uh, we were talking with Jennifer's sister this weekend. We were over at their house and we were talking about what's the hottest month of the year. When does it get the hottest? And I, I was like, Oh, you know, that's August. August is when it gets really hot. She was like, no, it's not. She says, I know you think that because you, you remember being a kid and always feeling like it got really hot in August. She was like, hands down the hottest month of the year in this part of the country is definitely July. Um, but again, I, it's just, it seems kind of weird. We, you know, like you say, time, all of a sudden, I feel like the the year's running away. It, it seemed like it was just dragging every day. With, but I guess that's because, you know, we were all in lockdown. And, you know, we had the world that had been put into timeout. And, you know, so <laughs> we had to do what we had to do. So, yeah, yeah man, you know, that definitely will put a uh, put a kibosh on, on having a good time. So how was your weekend? Uh, you know, uh, littered with rain and humidity. So really not much going on. Yeah. Pretty slow. Pretty slow today. Perfect weather, like 64 sunny all day. Mm. Very so, nice. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. I haven't been outside all day. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. It's such a, it was a beautiful day today. Uh, I haven't left the house. <laughs> well, I I did. I had to do the uh, a weekly grocery run, right? Uh, so I I go out and I'm the hunter gatherer, mm-hmm. and then uh, I had to make a stop at FedEx. Uh, but other than that, yeah, man, just kind of chillax. I'm, I'm I'm in the in the cave cave thou man. Oh yes, indeed, indeed. Co- the cave, the cave, very nice, <laughs> very nice. Though I do, I do have the uh, the door closed just because, just in case you know we have kids going by and whatnot, uh, it gets it gets a little loud. Sure, sure. Well, you know, but no. at least you've got your you know your you've got your own personal grotto. I do, man. I got couches in here. Mm-hmm. You know, it's well lit. Yep. Um, and you've got are you, you you didn't go with the you didn't go with the Christmas lights. You went with the uh, Edison. So what they're called, but yeah, but they're outdoor, indoor, outdoor lights. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they look like Edison lights, but they're LED. Oh, okay. Do, do, so they, do have... they actually let off a nice light, or is it sort of? Oh, yeah. is it sort of harsh? No, no, no. It's 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 like a it's a uh, like an orangish brownish light. Oh, good. So it's super soft, right? 
uh, and I did two four. I have eighty foot of light here in here. Strung eighty foot of light. <laughs> strung through the strung through the rafters. Yes. Of of the of of the man cave. Nice. So, no, it it actually gives off more light when the when the door is closed because half of the lights are are obstructed by the the garage when it's open. Oh, sure, so. sure, yeah. Well, no, that's cool. That's very very cool, man. Yeah. Um, we and and I did. I I will say I did watch repeated sports for the first time. Oh, did you? What did you watch? <laughs> um. A lot of golf. My daughter, my four-year-old daughter, uh, likes golf. Yes. And so we watch it just so she gets it. Are you watching LP, LPGA? Just what's on. Just sometimes on. it's 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 sometimes it is. Sometimes it's. What was it this? Uh, what was it this weekend? It was a it was a it was a twenty-eight replaying of which. 2018, 2018 replaying of uh, might have been the PGA Championship. Oh, okay. Um, I I know it's so random. And then and then uh, I watched some Bundesliga soccer. Ah. And let me. So I don't know. We talked about sports last time. Yep. And the Europeans have got this thing figured out. Okay. Uh, as far as getting sports back. Right. Um. So it's it's so it's so weird, man. And uh, <laughs> they have in the first ten rows, they have cardboard cutouts of people. What? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. And and then through through the loudspeaker system, they have the people doing the chants the entire game. That is really odd. That's very odd. Cardboard cutouts of people. Are they, are they, are they afraid that the, that the athletes are going to be like distracted or something because there's nobody in the seats? Well, okay, so I, I watched, I watched uh, Real Sports with Bryant Gumbel. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not sponsored by them. By oh, way. No, no. Uh, but, uh, but they did a piece on the South Korean baseball. They, they're open back for business, right? Okay. And they, there's Americans that play in it, so of course, they were a bulk of the interviews. But they do the same thing. They have cardboard cutouts. They have uh, the the chants because in in Asian baseball they do chants and stuff like they do in in football and soccer. Right. So they had that going, but like you know, the, the, one of the guys that they have in the team pitched in the major leagues for eight years, and now he's there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, it is the weirdest thing. He's like, we had our short, our shortstop field a ball, and he dove for it. And when he hit the ground, I heard him go, <gasps> like you know, exhale. Right. That's he's like, that's the first time in my major league career, the, uh, career that I've heard something like that because there's always, you know, uh, the ball gets hit and people are cheering. So he never heard sounds like he's heard before. So he was like, "Yeah, it was weird and a little bit distracting." I could see that. <laughs> like, uh, that's it's kind of like the con- it's kind of like the conversation that we've had before about, you know, what would uh, what would um, the NFL be like if there were no if there was no crowd and they had the entire field mic'd up, so you could actually hear what's being said on the field and have that televised, but have it 
you either pay for it like Sunday ticket um, so that it's not censored in any way. Uh, and I would love, like I've said before, I would love to see something like that and have absolutely no, uh, n- no play by play. Have no, I think, I, I think, I think Belichick and the Patriots would love that. Too. Yeah. Right. All the signs. <laughs> oh, damn. oh, so old. <laughs> no, I just think, I think it would be awesome. I think it would be great to actually be able to watch. I mean, obviously, you know, without the fans being there, but to be able to watch the game on television and see the game as if you were there. Cause when you're there, you don't have some guy in your ear being like, okay, it's third down and 12, you know, this is a long one or whatever. There's none of that. It's, you just watch the game and you watch the scoreboard and you have an announcer who comes over and says, says, you know, a, a pat, you know, pass caught by number 87 or something. I mean, well, you, I like, I honestly like going to the games and then I'm, I'm one of those guys, especially like baseball, whatever. Um, I'll, I'll have my headphones in and listen to the radio yeah. play by play of the game. Yep. While at the baseball game, yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of folks who actually really enjoy doing that. Um, well, and it's just because if if you don't do it for some people, uh, baseball is there's lots of lulls in baseball. Yes, it's a very slow game. Yeah, and you know MLB has been trying to figure out ways to uh, speed up the game. Uh, yeah, and, like putting a putting a timer on the uh, yeah, on, they, on the they, pitcher be, so that he doesn't just stand there and. Uh, well, and it's it's the same with the batters. Well, right, you know, exactly. The batters, yeah. Well, well, uh, time. Yep. You know, making a you one know. foot in the box and one foot yeah, in the box yeah, and yeah. swinging the bat around and it's yeah, yeah, it's it's but yeah, go ahead. But but you know. And and that's that's the that's what's going on in that's the tough thing about the whole baseball decision, right? Because literally, to, in my opinion, going to a baseball game is about the atmosphere and the ambiance, right? Sure. And and they've run into this before too about you know, and I think this is the first year they're they're going to institute it about having nets up and down the the yes. lines. Yep. Because of the the amount of people that got hurt. Oh, right, by like foul balls and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, you know, that was also gonna be a big change this year uh for baseball. Right. So now it's even gonna be like that's one of the big things they're talking about why they haven't made the decision to like what are we doing? Are we gonna go and then, you know Yeah. Right. And and I, I think that it's uh, me personally. I think that uh, I, I don't know the whole thing with having the nets. When you consider this is a game that has been played for. Oh, what? Oh, oh, like 150 a century. Yeah. More than that. <laughs> I mean, this is a game they were playing. This is a game they were playing right after the civil war, you know? And I mean, it's, this is a, it just I don't know. I think that I think that that speaks to a whole other thing that is about uh, security. 
and no one wants to have something terrible happen when they go to a sporting event. Um, but I do believe that I, and I think that this goes for anybody who's going to any sort of large gathering of people, whether it's a concert or a sporting event or whatever the case is, there is a certain part of that that is at your own risk because crazy things happen when there's large groups of people. Um, you know that, you know, that's true. Uh, and I, I think that on some level, I mean, you just, you have to accept some level of personal responsibility for the fact that you've chosen to come and do this thing. Uh, and the fact that they've played this game for so long, I mean, I get, okay, fine. Obviously they didn't always have a backstop behind the home plate. They didn't. That wasn't always a thing. Uh, obviously, at some point, they decided to put this in there. The 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 batting cage, you know what I mean, that goes over a home plate and everything. I mean, obviously, that hasn't always been there. There came a point when so so you you enjoy hockey. When when did they start really putting up the the plexiglass for hockey? That's been a long, long time. I, I would say that that's probably been since. At the very least, the '60s that they've had the, that they've had the glass up there. What they did not always have was the net that's up behind the goals. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because you okay. have the net that goes up above the glass that when somebody takes a shot and it's an errant shot on goal and the puck goes flying out into the into the uh, crowd. That they didn't know yeah. they didn't always have that, but even at that, I would dare say that they've had those for God at least the past thirty or forty years, at least. Um, and I may be wrong. I may be wrong. But again, that was also one of the things that hey, just like with baseball, who who goes to a baseball game and is not is not hoping that somehow you might come away with a game ball. Oh yeah, that's part of the like you just said. That's part of the experience, man. You go there, and especially when you know you see these kids, you go and they bring their gloves with them, and they're waiting for that pop fly or that foul ball, and they get to take the ball home. You start putting these nets up; that's not happening. They're sorry, you know, unless it's a home run and it goes over the outfield fence or something. But you know, I, I think that's the same thing at a hockey game. You see people all the time. You know, puck goes puck goes uh, out of play. It goes right up into the audience, and those same thing. Those fans are in the in the you know they're in the stands. You got yourself a game puck, man. Like that's you. So, so same thing, same question. Did is it is it mandatory to wear a helmet? Yes, it is now. So when did they? Yeah, when did they? Um, To be honest, I'd have to I'd have to look that up. I think that in professional hockey, that did not well wearing. It was late. Well, I think wearing a helmet. I think you've probably had to wear a helmet at least since the early 80s. Um, the one thing that is still not mandatory is a face mask or a visor of some kind. That is, that's an optional – well, it's an optional thing. Typically, players are not going to play with a full f- – in, in college hockey, it's required. You have to wear a helmet and you have to wear, like, the, the cage on the front of the, yeah, the helmet. Yeah. Um, in professional hockey, most players are not. I, I can't even think of any players that play with that. Some players will play with a, a visor that goes across their eyes, like in football. Um, what you do get, and this was uh, last year, 
in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I don't know if you remember this, but to, uh, uh, I can't believe I can't remember his name now that I got to think. Not Tuka Rask. Uh, the defenseman. I know there's probably people who are going to listen to this and they're going to be like yelling his name like, ah, no, you can't believe it. I can't remember it. Um, anyway, he uh, caught a freaking caught a puck right in the right in the jib. Just, right in the jaw, right in the right in the jaw, man. Broke his jaw. Um, you know, he goes off the the ice, spitting blood, and and uh, and ended up uh, ended up coming back into the game. Uh, went back to the locker room. I don't know what they did to his mouth, uh, but they put like a they put this plastic sort of mask thing around his helmet that came down this big plastic piece that came down in front of his jawline so that he couldn't get popped in the jaw again. Um, Chara, that's it. Zdeko Chara. Um, and yeah, but I mean, those, the, I, and again, I am a, I'm a big hockey fan and I you know, love football, love, love contact sports, love hockey too, or, or, or golf too, man. I, I honestly do. Uh, but man, I don't know. There is something about the, the the ferocity and the speed of the game of hockey that is just. Is, Where do they go? Like about some of them can go like almost thirty miles. Oh an yeah, hour no, abs- like abs- absolutely. If you went the if you went the length of the absolutely, those guys are like flying. I mean, it's it's yeah. unbelievable how fast the and they are so strong and they're so agile. Um. And like you say, I mean, you see some of the hits these guys take. I mean, you see these guys all the, I mean, what other sport aside from boxing do you see guys, you know, do you see the players smile in the middle of the contest and they've got less teeth than they did when they showed up? (laughs) Honestly, do you see that in football? No. You see that in baseball? No. Basketball? No. You see hockey and you see, if somebody, if somebody's losing teeth, they're just spitting them out on the ice, and it's like, okay, game on. Let's get back to the contest. <laughs> it's absolutely nuts, but I love it. It's it's great. Um, maybe if I'm very lucky, at some point I'll actually be able to go and check out a live Bruins game. That would be totally awesome. It's uh, probably not going to happen for a long time, but uh, you know, a boy can dream. You know what I think you should do? I think you should go to that college and you ask to practice the Zamboni driving. Oh, yeah. When it comes back around, Bowdoin Bowdoin College over here. Do they they not keep it iced all the time? To be honest with you, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the college does. Um, Hey, man. If they do, then. You got to shoot your shot. I know. You got to shoot your shot, I know. uh, I got to talk to my brother. Because my brother was, hey, on, can I? Yeah. He was the one who was going to hook me up with uh, the Zamboni. He was going to, he was going to introduce me to the Zamboni driver. The dude is going to give me some lessons. Let me take it around the ice. <laughs> you can finally live a dream, man. Live a dream. It's going to be awesome. If it doesn't happen soon, it'll happen next next hockey season. I promise. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, that, that maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll maybe I could be like this dude's backup. You know what I mean? I can be like the relief Zamboni driver when, uh, you know, when this guy's not, when he's feeling under the weather, you know, when he's feeling a little, uh, 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 
and be like, "Hey, man, can you drive the Zamboni tonight?" Absolutely. How, 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 uh, how far away do you live from the from the from the school? Uh, yeah. Five minutes. That's right. See, you could time. You you're like the fast attack. Yes. Team. Yes. Right? I can be there on the Zamboni. Twelve minutes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ready to yep. go. Make sure that the make sure that the pro the, the make sure that the 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 gas tank's full, man. I think it I so here's, I think it runs on propane. Here's a here's a thing because I haven't been into a hot hot game in a while, and it was a I wasn't the last one I went to a Blues game, St. Louis Blues okay. game, uh, and the organist played music while the Zamboni was going. Oh sure. But do Zamboni drivers have like like their own music? Because, dude, what would be your what would be your Zamboni driving music? Oh, it would I? I don't know. I think I'd have to. Well, it, okay. Uh, would you go traditional or would you go like no? Everyone's gonna know. Every time I'm on the Zamboni, this is my song, and this is what gets played. It would have to be the, the well. The first intro would have to be. The intro would have to be the intro to Great White North with uh, the McKenzie brothers, Bob and Doug McKenzie. You know who I'm talking okay, about? You know who I'm talking about, right? Yes, okay, yeah, go- but not American. Good day. Okay, good, all good right. day, A. Welcome to Great White North. A, A, your- <laughs> yeah, that'd have to be like the opener. Yeah, and, and then, then and then maybe and then maybe then bust into the maybe bust into jump by by uh, Van Halen. You know how you can't really bum, you can't bum, really jump. That be because that's no, I, dude. Really, that's what you I don't know. It's you a, wouldn't do. It's a like, legendary like, keyboard riff, man. No, no. If you ha- if they said you can just play whatever. If you, you wouldn't play like Maiden. Oh, maybe I. Megadeth. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe that would be kind of cool. It would be the, the, the it would be what you're on organ. I'm saying no non-organ. Just oh, I thought you meant that the organ player had to play something. No, 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 no. The organ. No, no, no. The organ player's got to play it. That's see. That's the. Do they? Do they? Do they have an organist at this place? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Uh, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet no. At the college? That would yeah. be a pretty sick gig if you were a keyboardist, though. That would be a pretty cool gig. Like, well, go be the, there, go be the Bowdoin been, College hockey organ guy. <laughs> uh, I've been watching. The, one of the organists from the NHL teams has been playing, like, concerts where he's just playing the, the famous – Old school and new uh, hockey. Oh, team. really? That's pretty cool. That's like I say. I think that'd be a heck of a gig. Like when you know when there, there's particular like lulls in the in the game, when there's a timeout or something, and all of a sudden you get back on the organ, and you just got you got to you have to be paying attention. You have to be. I wonder if they've got somebody who actually like gives them the cue. You know what I mean? Like if there's somebody yeah. who knows because there's there's got to be there's there's got to be rules about when you're allowed to have the organ or any kind of music playing. And it's not during the play. I mean, obviously you stop playing once the game gets going, but I mean, that's almost like, uh, it's almost like when you play in pet band, 
Remember, you, you have to, yeah, like, they have, they have, yeah, they have somebody with the head. Yeah, who's on. sitting there looking at the band, and as soon as like something happens, like a timeout or something like that, it's like okay, they give you the look, and you're like, ready, okay, uh, uh, what is it? Wipe out, <laughs> wipe out. Ready, one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, man, all the, all the, all the, the pet band tunes. Ugh, my goodness. So you know what I'm talking about when, when you're in the pet band, and you have. Oh to, yeah, no, I I was in the pet band, um, in college in the Mizzou at Mizzou, and we when I was in college at Mizzou, uh, ninety three, uh, we had a really shitty football team, right? Uh, okay. But our basketball team was amazing. Uh, my freshman year, they made it to the Final Four. And oh, okay. so, so it came time to be in the pet band and, you know, you, you do a season in the football and you're like, Hey, you want to be in the pet band? And they ran it by seniority. And so all the saxes were filled up and, and then they were looking for a bass player and I played, okay. I played guitar. And so then I, I approached the, the, the director and I was like, well, uh, what's open and he was like, well, bass, can you play bass? And I'm like, yeah, I can play bass. Okay, well, this is the first year we've had a bass player, so we don't have the equipment. So you basically go go to this music store and get your rig. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So so then, you know, he's just like, go, go find out what you want and then just make a list and then we'll go get it. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and, and, you know, I was a music major, so I'm like, oh, I'm talking to bass player friends and they're like, yeah, yeah do this. I'm like, okay, sweet. So I went and got this stuff. Well, like I said, I played guitar, but not bass. I could read music, not very good at, at reading, um, bass clef and bass. And, and we were, I was playing basically the, uh, the tuba lines just amplified. Right. Right. Sure. And so. Dude, I just like I got that bass, man. I was learning all the tunes and I would show up. Well, the cool thing was we had a at home t- at home games, we had full pep band. But when we went away, we would still take the pep band but no bass, so then I played sax on the away trips. And okay. then and there was a black and gold band. And so uh when it went, when it came down to like the big tour, like I, I didn't go, the, the black band went on the first couple of rounds. Yeah. Uh, through the sweet 16. And then I got to go elite eight and final four. Oh, wow. And we were in Los Angeles. Uh, we had chartered planes with the players. And the, so we had a charter plane, like a, like a, like a regular plane. You would like a commercial plane. So it'd Did be they like, segregate the pep band from the football players? Uh, basketball. Oh yeah. No, it's basketball. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. They they yeah, got. So, you, so you, you weren't allowed to sit with them. No, but we got to sit with everyone else. And one of my fraternity brothers was a cheerleader, so that was a bonus. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Um, so, so 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 sidebar. Do 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 male cheerleaders get a lot of tail? They they've got to, they've got to. Well, I wasn't a male cheerleader, but I have my fraternity brother was, and then I have another 
the guy I me and him were were went to the same high school and then we were roommates our freshman year. He was in the band, I was in the band, and he was like, I'm gonna be a male cheerleader. I was like, Okay. Brave. Um, and he ended up marrying his partner. His cheer partner. Really? Yeah, it's fucking so awesome. So it is so it is true. <laughs> Look, there's jokes. I just wondered on, if that's. I'm, I'm wondering jokes if on either side. Hey, man, I'm just saying. I'm saying that, you know, the the uh, I know that the, the military band thing, you know, musicians stick together. You put it that way. Musicians stick together, and you gotta wonder the same thing when you're seeing these male and female cheerleaders, and they're doing all their crazy tricks and all that, like. Man, there's got to be some. There's got to be love triangles there. There's got to be some kind of weird love dynamic that happens in that. I, and if it did, I'm not wrong with it. I'm I can't. Just saying. I, I can't speak because I've never been a cheerleader, but I will say that I know what I've seen. Okay, there we go. There we go. There <laughs> All we go. I can say. Okay. But and, and like I said, you know, my friend from high school married his cheer partner. There you go. Uh, so. But yeah, so like, uh, dude, I had to, I was freaking out about this whole base thing, man. And, but, but I got to go to the final four. Um, and it was, it was amazing. Like they put up, you get per diem as first time I'd ever gotten per diem. Um, it, we stayed downtown LA. It, we had limos at our, yeah, dude, we dude when we didn't have anything to do. Um, because they give you like a week in between rounds. Some, oh, I think it's more oh, like, yeah. like four days. Right? Yeah. 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 Sure. Well, you're in the band. You've got four days to do nothing. Right. So it's like, yeah. So uh, yeah, it was, it was funny, but yeah, that was the first time I played bass. And like, I remember we played a Gloria Estefan. Uh, the rhythm is going to get you. No, it was just a medley. And at oh. the it, at like the last song, there was a bass solo. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. Did you do the slappity slap? That's all I did. That is, yes, yes. Know what? I showed up. I, that's all. I didn't know anything else. I was like, like whoa, A lot of everybody's like, whoa, and I was like, woo, woo, woo. You know? Yes. Um, yeah, dude. And, every, and the so... crowd went wild. And they and did. The crowd went wild. Yeah, of course they did. Of I, course, they I was did. making bass face. Uh, yes, you know you can't. Yep. That's that's it. Yeah, man. Uh, Dude, that's it. Reminds me of. I remember being in high school and we had this band concert, and we had like a big band. Um, we had the regular you know concert band, but then we had a a big band, and I don't remember what's fire starter or some song like that. I guess. And it, well, there was a drum solo, and of course, it became one of these things where my band director was like, "Just take it away, just it's all you." Okay, so I proceed to play this crazy drum solo, you know, and uh it's just crazy because I don't remember it being anything spectacular, but man, people were really impressed. <laughs> they were like, "You're just the the faster and the louder you played, people got crazier and crazier." If I actually did something that really required some finesse or whatever, I guarantee you would be lost on like eighty percent of the people there. So they'd, and, just, they'd be like, "What? Are you, what is he doing?" So, <laughs> so for doing? the uh, the musicians that are listening to us, 
you know, I, I will say that, uh, and it's kind of a joke amongst saxophonists, right? But if you try to play, if you're playing in a popular group or you're playing popular, like, you know, music, and you start playing like Coltrane, Michael Brecker, you know, you can go down a list solos sure. over over simple chord changes. Yeah. People are gonna be like, What? But mm-hmm. but if you just play like really high notes and uh and and look like you just like it, it hurts so bad. Sure. That you're trying that really hard. No, you're like, trying really, really hard. That or, must be so hard to play. Look at the look on his face. <laughs> look at his face. There's veins. <laughs> He's sweating. It's got to be and, really, and really you know difficult. I, I challenge you to look at profile pictures of me playing instrument, like playing saxophone, and look how I look. Oh, you look like you're working real hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, and meanwhile, I'm just, I'm just mailing it in. Well, <laughs> there's no, there's. There's a lot. No, I, I will say. I, I, I know. I'm just. You know, I don't you. mail it in. But... <laughs> I know. <laughs> but no, but you know, it's the Kenny G effect, right? Like, of course. I well, can... It's part of performing, man. Yeah. It's part of performing. That's just the way it is. I mean, the reality is at the end of the day, there's only so many people in the crowd who really know what you're actually doing. I mean, the vast majority of people there just like the way it sounds. And if you look like you're having a really great time playing it and you've you're you're selling it, you know, to them, then they love it. Well, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. So let's talk about art, right? I can buy I can buy a stencil of an artist named Banksy mm-hmm. and then paint the same thing. Right. So why does his sell for one point one million dollars and mine will sell for twenty bucks? Right. It's and I I told this about I, I said this on a Facebook post in one of a uh, group that I'm in. I'm like, well, I have all the technology. I can get the same materials uh, that Thomas Edison had to make the light bulb and make my own. To and I said, too bad I didn't come up with the idea. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, what I mean? like yep. that's there's it. something to be said. There's something to be said for being the first. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I I can make an elect. I you know if I had the money and the and the the drive, I could make an electric car. But really, you know, who was the person that had the idea? You know what I mean? Like that's now. Hey, there's something. There is something that happened this weekend. What did you think about? Oh that? yeah, we watched we we watched the SpaceX. Um, you know, I have a couple of. I love the, like, it was something that me and my kids sat down and watched. Yeah. Cause, cause that to me is, is something that is important. I, th- I thought it was it a very, is, it's very, it's very important. Uh, and so people, I don't think people understood the context of what happened. A privately owned company launched a vehicle into space. Uh, with yeah, well, yeah, with people in it. With people in it, right? Yeah. Uh, think of you know we haven't been flying for very long in in the whole you know scheme yeah. of things in the history of creation. Yes. And and, <laughs> and so so it's like when the Wright brothers came up with 
you know, they had the first flight and then when, how long did it take for us to go into uh, commercial air? You know what I mean? Um, right. Of course. It, it, I, it took a lot longer, but man, it's just, it's one of those things that the opportunity is there now uh, to, to go into space. That's insane. Well, the, well, the, the I, I think that because I actually heard a, a guy on the radio. Um, gosh, when was this? Yesterday, I think it was. And this guy was really talking about sort of beyond the whole idea that because you're right. I mean, that's a huge deal. The, the fact that the fact that um, an American company has built a spacecraft that is taking American astronauts to space and 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 don't and obviously none of us are i mean none of us are easily fooled at least the folks who listen to this show because we know the quality um that we we're not for i'm not for a minute not going to believe that somehow spacex is not um subsidized in some way by the government i'm sure that they are and they probably receive all sorts of tax breaks and all the rest well, of it. But, but the bottom line nasa you know it was in partnership with like NASA helped them launch that shit. So no, I know. And that's what I'm saying. It's not a purely, it's not a purely commercial and and commercial endeavor. You know, it's, it is really a public private partnership that, uh, that exists there and, and gets us to where we were on Saturday when everybody, you know, with these two people are being sent into space. Um, and that's awesome because I really think that th- this guy on the radio was saying how um, the role of NASA has changed. That and and it's hard because every administration comes in, their priorities change, uh, the role changes. The guy was saying how you know when the Obama administration was around. Uh, NASA's role, the the goal was less about deep space travel. Um, than it was about uh, asteroid recovery. Um, the idea being that if some sort of ra- you know rogue asteroid were to be coming to planet Earth, that we would have a way to be able to intercept it and change its course or something. Um, but what he said that I thought was was the most interesting was just that really what's what this SpaceX adventure on Saturday represents is um, that NASA and the government are moving their focus away from simply being a taxi service to get to the International Space Station. That really in the end, because what, what is the what's the International Space Station there for? What does it do? It's a laboratory. Yeah. The, the whole reason it's there is so that they can conduct scientific experiments uh, for the benefit of mankind. Um, and, I mean, they were talking the day that it was originally supposed to launch, and they were talking about um, how they're, they're developing these scientific programs where they're going to be growing human organs in zero gravity. It's just crazy. Like you imagine having an organ transplant and the organ that's being put in your body was grown in outer space. Um, But it's that type of thing. And that ultimately what you could, the next step here, as far as the private venture is concerned, is that private companies would be developing 
and they would have to do this they would have to do this with the blessing of the UN and all sorts of organizations because uh one of the things I learned from my son who works for Space Force is that He's in Space Force? Uh, oh yeah, he works for Space Force. He works for a company that works for Space Force. So, um we watched it's, it's we watched that show on Netflix by the way too. Oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty good. It's pretty it's, good. it's crazy. He brought up a lot of things when I saw him. Uh, when I saw him back around my retirement, he was talking to me about it. And there's a lot of things that he brought up that I really didn't think about. I, I mean, you don't think about. Well, yeah, we have um, we we there we have no concept of, you know, we, we it's a joke. Space Force is a joke to uh, like yes. to many people. To, to your layman, it's like, oh, what's that? But the role that they play is a vitally critical role. It really is. Um, and a vitally critical role as part of national security. It really is. Um, the, the fact that you do have, con- the fact that you have every satellite driven vehicle around, we, we have, we have, we have drones that fly around the world on unmanned missions. How are those, how are those vehicles controlled? They're controlled by satellites. They're controlled by a guy who's sitting, a guy or a gal who's sitting in some uh, virtual cockpit in a building in like Arizona or something, and signal is bouncing off of a off of a satellite and being received by this unmanned aircraft. And what happens when, you know, what, what I think about think about, uh, I mean, any of us who who are using that kind of technology. What happens when all of a sudden that's just gone? What, what, there are countries out there right now that are, are in the midst of developing technologies to, to eliminate that level of, uh, of our defenses or our, our capabilities as a, as a society. Um, if, I were, so if, is, if I were a betting person, I would bet that there, currently there is no way to stop a uh, a commercially made drone that it it could carry two pounds of explosive into one of our assets, right? Yeah, and, no, and, I'm, I'm... and not be stopped, right? And, yeah, and could I don't know? I mean, a, he, a he ship. Like he was telling me, he was telling me about I can't I think it was like Pakistan or something like that had actually conducted a test where they developed this this space weapon. And I know when you say space weapon, everybody's like, ooh, what like lasers and all like no 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 no. This was literally just a it was like a rocket that would go into space and it would have a warhead on it that would explode and that explosion would 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 push out into low earth orbit tons of debris and that debris and all the other stuff that's traveling around the planet which is traveling at thousands of miles an hour that one thing has the potential to destroy countless communication satellites you name it yeah it's, the it's st- like shrapnel Exactly. That's all it is. And they, and they realize they don't need a laser. All I need is a bomb that I can put up there to blow up, shoot shrapnel all over the place, and just shred everybody's stuff. And it's that easy. 
and they, you know, the, they, I mean, he's telling me about how, um, and I mean, none of this that we're talking about is some sort of like secret stuff. You know, people who work in this business know this, but that the International Space Station itself, like you realize that they have to change the altitude of the International Space Station continuously. Yeah, because it'll come back down to Earth. Well, no, because there's so much junk floating around. Up oh, there. yeah, yeah. They talk about that in actual Space Force, the, yes. the TV show. Yes. There's so much crap up well, there. Well, the original Space Lab fell from orbit. Yeah. Yep. Just burned up in the atmosphere. I mean, and they were, they worried, let... they were worried, like, where is it going to fall? Sure. But, I mean, that, that, they let that happen because it had sort of over – it had become obsolete as a, a platform. But, you know, it was just, like I say – um, the whole point is, is that NASA is changing their focus. NASA is changing their focus from simply being this taxi service to the International Space Station and sort of being involved in, in, in endeavors that are in low Earth orbit and that type of stuff. NASA is moving their focus in the short term or the, the mid, mid to short term. Their goal is to put people back on the moon because their goal is to put people back on the moon so that they can actually learn something about what it's going to take to put people in deep space for long periods of time. So you're talking about NASA getting to the point where their, their, their goal in the short term is to get to the moon where they can actually establish facilities up there where people will go and they'll stay up there just like they do in the international space station for months on end, however, whatever. And the long-term goal is to take the lessons that we learned through those adventures to the moon and use those lessons to get us to Mars. That is the real goal that they're looking at. Like this whole thing with satellites around the planet and getting people up and down, like, NASA's not interested in spending money on that. I mean, aside from paying the, you know, paying that SpaceX to, you know, to, to take somebody up there, but the technology and all the research and development and all the stuff that goes into that, they're not interested in being a part of that anymore. Um, which I mean, really at the end of the day, should they be like, we, we are at a point now where we've got technology. We're able to develop technology that is so far beyond just doing that all the time. I mean, that's, and I think it would be wild, man. I mean, imagine if you literally had private companies that were, were building low earth orbit laboratories and had the means maybe with the assistance of space force or, or NASA to be able to move the, these, you know, these vessels around where they need to be, but you could be conducting these kind of experiments and, and developing that kind of science on on a big level. Why why haven't we gone back to the moon? I think that I mean I think anyway and I'm not again two guys don't know anything about anything I, I, we're talking about everything. Um I mean and, I, and I'm not trying to be controversial but like we go to the moon. All right, we landed on it. Okay, great. Right. When's when's the last time we actually landed on the moon and like I think it's been far enough time to where we should like hey Let's start sending people to the moon to live there for a month and then come back. Well, that's and I think that's the thing is that I me personally, I think that it is especially with the development 
and the development of and the continued operation of the International Space Station, where people are going there for months on end. I mean, people don't just go to the space station for like a weekend. I mean, you're up there. Yeah, for no, no, and and four that or five was, months. That's what was interesting is that they interviewed uh, an astronaut who is in quarantine right now. Right. Uh, protocol, not because she has COVID or anything, but, but no, quarantine. That's what they do. Um, that she just got back from the space station and she got to see all that stuff, you know, and she she was like yeah you know it's 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 cool she she specifically mentioned like this is a way that we nasa can use a privately owned company to get a ride to the space station right yeah instead of nasa have to pay for everything we can just what's the fee all right yeah we'll pay we'll pay (laughs) i I laugh we'll pay the 10 million dollars NASA will pay the ten million dollars to get a ride versus you have to build a rocket. Well, fuel it and was. All that. I mean, did you hear how much NASA's been paying for a seat of, for each astronaut on the average on that Soyuz, that Russian rocket that we've been we've been riding on for the past ten years? No, did you hear, dude. Average price tag for one seat eighty million dollars. Oh, okay, eighty million dollars. It's like that's obscene. I mean, and I just think that again. I think that when because your question was, why are we not, why, why haven't we made a greater effort to get back to the moon? I think it's purely because for a very long time before the International Space Station was, had proven itself to be a long-term viable platform, um, I think that people, the, the question was, well, why would we? Why would we send people there? Like, okay, we sent people there. They picked up rocks. They picked up whatever. They came back. Okay, congratulations. But now that we've seen that we're able to actually put people into the International Space Station for extended periods of time, the next question becomes, okay, well, why don't we set up a platform where they literally have to land? They have to leave Earth's orbit. They have to be able to travel all the way there and actually land. Um, and live there for an extended period of time and then take off and return home. Essentially, you're using that, you're, you're using, you know, the moon and its environment again, as sort of a testing ground for what, what you would be dealing with if you were to actually go to Mars or you're going to try to land on an asteroid or something like that. I mean, and I, and who knows? I mean, God knows. I mean, I, I, I find it, I, I find the whole technology thing kind of interesting because it makes me think of, uh, you ever, the, that tune by, by Donald Fagan, IGY, you know, the song I'm talking about. No. Where he's, he's singing about the future. He's singing about, uh, what a beautiful world it would be. What a glorious time to be free. You know, that song. It's yeah, like, okay. Did you listen to the lyrics of that? Song? Yeah, okay, it's, yeah, yeah. It's I know all, it's song. all about because okay. the whole idea of the of the the whole his whole idea of the Nightfly album was that all the songs in the Nightfly album were all told from the vantage point of this dreamy eyed sort of adolescent boy, you know. So each song is sort of this dream that this kid has or a fantasy of some kind, and one of them is like, you know, the one of the fantasies is wow what you know it's going to be amazing 
when, when the you know you know the the when you see the future we'll be able to travel you know 90 minutes from new york to paris you know undersea by rail there'll be that that, that get your wheel you know get your, get your wheel to what is it uh uh get your wheel to that or get your ticket to that wheel in space while there's time the fixes in you know it's such incredible lyrics it's an incredible album one of my favorites but um you know it, it that whole idea that somehow by the year 2000 I mean, look at the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey. You see that film, which was made in 1969, and it had this depiction that within the next 32 years, mankind was going to be on the way to Saturn or Jupiter. You know, that you were going to have HAL 5000 supercomputer who was like running the ship. In 68, we just landed on the moon. So like everything was like, yeah, it's moving super fast. Yeah. 68 moon right 2020 right no absolutely (laughs) (laughs) it's still funny it's still funny (laughs) anyway so we all know all the listeners all our friends and family all of our good people they know monday monday on uh same as it ever was is all about uh new music monday we wrap up the show pretty much each week with uh, a little selection and uh, I got something really cool, man. Yes. Yeah. Finally. I, I finally. <laughs> He's like, you're not talking about Megadeth. Um, <laughs> no. It's, uh, have you heard of this dude, Alan Stone? Yes. Wow, uh, dude. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and connection. I'll you, I okay. A connect, a connect the dots, but go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, um, and the way that I discovered this guy was actually um, because I liked uh, Paul Stanley's page on Facebook. And wow, okay. Paul Stanley does some really cool stuff, man. I mean, it's he's a very down-to-earth dude. I mean, he, he's lived this life that I cannot even comprehend. He should, he should be. Yeah, I mean, first of all, he's not a young man anymore. Um, and I actually met him years ago um, when I was stationed out in San Diego at the uh, Marine Corps Air Station out there. And he came to do a book signing. And my oldest daughter and I actually uh, went down there. And You and, told me this story. It's amazing. Uh, Tell the story because it's amazing. I, it was pretty funny because, dude, like we wait in line there, whatever. There's all these people. This is at the Marine Corps Exchange. You buy the book and he'll sign it, whatever. And dude, I've been a KISS fan since I was like five, six years old. And so we finally get up to the front of the line and it was one of the only times in my life that I've actually been like starstruck. I was seriously like, I'm just looking at this dude thinking, this is Paul Stanley. This is the lead singer of Kiss, man. You know, and I go walking up and I'm just like, Paul, man, I've been such a big fan. And he's just sort of looking at me. <laughs> he's just looking at me like, oh, yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks. And I'm just, I'm just. I completely forgot about the fact that my daughter is with me because I'm just so blown away that I'm here in this moment. And so he's, you know, says, well, whatever. And uh, we got our picture taken and whatever. And then just as we're about to walk away, he, he, he stops us and he looks at my daughter and he's like, Oh, and Hey, what's your name? (laughs) I did not introduce her to him. 
I was just so da 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 whatever. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, oh, and what's your name? She's like, oh, Mackenzie. He's like, well, it was really nice to meet you, Mackenzie. I was like, God, now I look like an asshole in front of Paul's family. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, you know uh, what? That's, yeah, you know, you never know how you're going to react. When you, you don't. Meet, Not when you, you see those people. Well, especially people that you see as like a hero. You know what yeah. I mean? And this is uh, this guy's a legend. He's a legend in rock and roll, and here he is, just like shaking my hand. And one thing I don't know if a lot of people know this about Paul Stanley that he only has one ear. That is something that I don't think a lot of people know. Um, and if you look at his hair. Fact totem. Fact totem. There it is for today. That is the fact totem. Um, yeah, very interesting. He wrote the, the book that we that he signed, a book he came out with a couple of years ago about uh, the whole his, his experience uh, as a, a teenager getting into playing rock and roll music and and all that stuff, which I thought was very cool because he and his post about Alan Stone was talking about how before he really got into rock and roll, that he was really a, a devotee of Philly soul. Yeah. That he was so into that genre of music and that um, Alan Stone really is sort of a throwback to that. Um, that very, very soulful music. Uh, I listened to it and it really made me think of, I mean, there's a, a whole litany of artists that he obviously draws his his inspiration from to me the the one that always it's the ojs oh sure yeah from philadelphia you know it's like yeah yeah. i mean and but when i hear i'm hearing this guy because i never listened to him before but paul stanley was like you got to hear this guy you know he's he goes right back to where i came from as a young kid and all this stuff and it really, I'll tell you, one of the artists that it really made me think of was Hall and Oates. Well, it, hey, if you haven't seen it. Uh, He's Darryl's apparently house. been on Daryl's house. Yeah, dude, it's it's fucking great. It's great. Yeah. So so my connection is that we we played a festival here and and uh, we we opened for Alan Stone. Oh, OK. So super, super nice guy, man. Super down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I, I really hate that I have to quantify that, but because I think that all people in certain positions should be that way. Uh, but he absolutely is. Uh, and the other thing is that uh, I know somebody, I know somebody who knows somebody who knows the, who knows his former bass player. Who also knows, uh, what's his name? Bacon. What's his Bacon. Six, no date six degrees of uh, oh Kevin Bacon Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon does he also yeah. know Kevin Bacon yeah uh, you, you were probably getting, get there. You, well you got to third de- you got three three or four degrees of separation <laughs> I don't know <laughs> irrelevant because yeah, absolutely I've I've talked to the man yes um and uh, and you know he he is really really good if I'll I'll put the link up if you don't but like the the Daryl's house. Yes, absolutely. yeah. Put it up there because yes. I've, 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 there's, there's a video of him live, um, with Daryl Hall, and I don't know, I don't think it's at Daryl's house. Um, I haven't watched that show in a long, long time. When, what I, I don't know if it's the same now. Back when I used to watch the whole live at Daryl's house, it was, 
It was literally, it was not like a sound stage or something like that. It's just at his house in a room, like a barn right. jamming. Yeah. Well, it is like that, but the earlier, the earlier ones was like, it would show like the musician, the guest artists come in and like, they would have, it would show like them eating lunch. Yeah, they're just like hanging out. Yeah. But, but the later versions of it are just like a little bit of that, but more of the performance. Oh, I see. Okay. Aspect. And now he's, he's actually got uh, an actual venue. Live it live from Daryl. Well, uh, yeah, and I think that's what the the video I had seen is an actual. It's sort of like a barn setup, you know, but it's called with my, a stage, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, but but with Alan Stone, it is totally like, yeah, it's 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 the original. So yeah, that's yeah, dude, Alan Stone. Yeah, I love that. Dude. Very cool. And very very cool. Incredible voice. I mean, soul the, and R and B. This, the music is incredible, but he has, a, he has an outstanding voice. His upper range is uh, – his upper range was a surprise. You did, like, when he gets up there, you don't think – when you see him, I think when you see this dude, you're not thinking he's going to get there, but he does, and it's pretty pretty outstanding. Yeah, because, you know, it, it's funny. When you can sing falsetto, yeah, it's very, like, well, you just do this, right? But you, then you realize that there's not a lot of people that can do that. Sure, no, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, if you and, got that, if you got that video from from uh, Daryl's house, definitely share it on the page. Oh, yeah. It'd be great if people had a chance to check that out. It's really cool. So, so my new music, uh, it's an older album, but I didn't realize that it had come out, and I feel kind of bad about that because he's one of my favorite guitarists mm-hmm. um, with a very you would totally remember it once you hear it. Oz Noy. Okay. That's the name of the guitarist. O-Z-N-O-Y. Oz Noy. Oz Noy. And, and I first got interested in his music after listening to his album Twisted Blues. So he's, he's a jazz guitarist, uh, mostly studio guy. And he came out with these awesome uh blues albums that were just it spoke to me on the musician side commercially it would go nowhere in my opinion okay it's it's just going to be over people's heads Uh, okay but going back to the whole playing solo stuff right but he came out with a new album and i totally missed it like ah and it's called booga luga (laughs) lu okay Okay. And and it's got a really cool version of God Only Knows by the Beach Boys. Oh, cool. It's got a really cool version of I Got a Woman, which is a Ray Charles it, tune. Incredible tune. Awesome yep. tune. And it's got a really cool version of Bimsha Swing, which is the Thelonious Monk tune. Nice. So, yeah, it, it came out in, uh, about, a, about a year ago, but I was like, oh, like I've been trying to follow him, and then you know, when, when, once I get in a mode of listening to like pop or just I I go all in. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, super awesome. God only knows I got a woman, and and if you really want to get into it, um, he does a version of Eight Days a Week. Oh, very and cool. it's it's mostly instrumental. I would say totally look up his version with Corey Glover. Okay. 
of of Little Wing. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. Yeah, and that's not on this album. Okay. Um, but it's on one of his pre. Can you yeah, can you cool. share? It? Do they have vi- you got video of that? Yes, they do, and it's it's amazing, man. Dude, I was, Corey can, Glover. Can you share that too? Yeah, to the page. Yeah, put that up there. That'd be really awesome to see. Uh, it's like I said, it's it's just yeah. Wow. Yeah. And 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 you know, it, it's really cool when no matter what genre of music that you're into, mm-hmm. you all you can always pick out those people's influences. Right. Oh, sure. No, you know what I mean? Yep. And sometimes they go hard. Like they'll go hard at this is going to sound exactly like my influence. And sometimes it's a very little niche like, oh, that sounded just like whoever. Right. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a complete copy. Because remember, remember when I introduced you to... Um... <laughs> what? Uh, oh, Are you, I, I was it, just oh, lost sorry. the last couple seconds of what you said. Remember when I introduced you to that group that sounded exactly... I was like, hey, listen to this. Who is that? And you're like, it sounds like Blood Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What was the... the Yeah. What was the name exactly. of the band? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. Because when... <laughs> When you go all in, yeah, yeah, uh, on your influence, even yeah. though they're like, "Oh, well, we don't really sound." No, you do, you do. I'm sorry. When you yeah, go you all do. in, yeah, then that's no, all you're going to be ever compared to instead no. of just do that niche thing. Well, and that's that's honestly that's one of the struggles of being a songwriter. It really is. I mean, I. I, I, we've, you and I have gone and seen enough bands perform and you run into bands like that when you're talking about that, you know, it reminds me of, of going to this place in San Diego one time and seeing this band play and it was just a bar or whatever, but it was so abundantly obvious that all the guys in this band, they just wanted to be their own little well, version of tool. By the way, the name of the band, was which was, Man, which was but... cool. Oh, that's it. Greta Van Fleet. I knew it was a, like a, a female's name. But yeah, it was, you know, this going to, they were in this band was, they were great. They could play. But every song was just some, it sounded like it was off some new Tool album. And again, you'll never remember the name yeah. of the band because all you're yep. thinking is, oh, they sounded like Tool. <laughs> so anyhow all right well we're probably gonna wrap things up and uh you know thanks everybody for tuning in hope you enjoyed the show today gonna put a couple things up check them out i know i am um some really good stuff to check out and listen to so uh tell your family tell your friends and uh you know tune in uh, thursday we'll be getting our next uh, right. episode you, out there you, and you never know you'll get the text you better have you had a swivel and ask we may we, you know Text. I don't know. It might be embarrassing, yes. but when's the last? What's the last YouTube video you watched? Absolutely, you never That's know because right. they can always lie. Uh, not that one. Not that one. That's not cool. Okay, this one. This one. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. That was my last one. <laughs> Later. All right, everybody. We'll see you soon.